Hi everyone, welcome to the True Crime Podcast, where we focus on San Diego cases. My name is Arena. And I'm Renette, and today I'm going to talk about Mark Rogowski. Oh, nice. I so, know that case. He was on your list, you mentioned. Mm-hmm, yes. So Mark Rogowski, better known as Gator, and that's what I'm going to refer to him as, since that's what everyone called him. Okay. He was born on August 10th, 1966 in Brooklyn, New York. And at the age of three, his parents got divorced. So he, his mom, and his older brother moved to Escondido, California. Mm -hmm. And he was a really good athlete. He played Little League in his youth. And at the age of seven, he started skateboarding. And this was something that he really loved. He liked all sports, but skateboarding was something that he just, I guess, enjoyed more than any other sport. Yeah. Now, Gator, uh, he sat down with Thrasher magazine and he told the interviewer, obviously this is fast forward years later, <laughs> that he grew up without a father and his older brother filled that gap. He said that he was a bitch and influence on me and he made me a really good baseball player and an athlete in general. Okay. Yeah. So it sucks that his dad was absent from his life, but at least he had that, you know, older brother. Older brother. Mm -hmm. um, so at 12 years old, Gator joined a skating team. Actually, the skating team recruited him because Gator would be at these skate parks and he just really stood out because of how good he was. Yeah. So in 1980, when he was 14 years old, he turned pro. Two how, years how old? Uh, 14. 14? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how young he was. Mm -hmm. And two years later, he won his first major contest, and that was the Canadian Amateur Skateboarding Championships in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, wow. Um, something that, you know, Mark said is, and I'm going to quote what he said, quote, I guess I got into skateboarding because it was fun. It wasn't as structured as Little League Baseball or Pop Warner Football. And he said since he didn't have money to buy, like, the boards that the other kids were using, that, like, motivated him to be as good as he possibly can and get sponsored to be able to get these cool decks and clothes yeah. and all the stuff that the cool kids had. Yeah, because it's like, it's pretty pricey. I mean, any type of like sport that you want to invest in, it's like, yeah, it's expensive uniforms and all that. So it is. Mm -hmm. So in 1984, um, he won a national championship. And that's when he started getting the endorsement deals. Goldwing Trucks was one of them. Um, and Gator was around 18 years old at that time. And he was getting paid anywhere from four grand to eight grand a month for his endorsement deals. Oh, my God. And that's, that's like in 1984. I was about you know? to say, and then back then, I mean, mm -hmm. even nowadays, that's really fucking good money. Yeah. Holy shit. And at 18 years old. I know. That sounds kind of dangerous. Like, what would you do with, you know, like, if you, at your 18 and you're getting paid between four and eight K a month? Man, I would do some foolish ass shit. For yeah. me, I didn't start drinking until I was twenty four, so it probably wouldn't going go to alcohol and drugs. <laughs> oh, okay. But it would go to stupid 
overpriced clothing, I'm sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I would be traveling and just basically spending all the money instead of like being smart about it and like saving it or investing it and just to help it grow. (laughs) Yeah. So a few years after that, Gator, he was making $2 per skate deck from Vision Streetwear because he was, um, he was endorsed by Vision Streetwear. And Vision was selling 7,000 decks monthly, meaning Gator's royalties were $14,000 a month, which would be over $37,000 a month in today's money. Holy crap. That is so much. And he's so young. This is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, Vision Streetwear, that was what all of the cool kids, you know, on TV were wearing. Wow. Um, it was one of the most iconic, biggest skateboard companies at that time. Yeah. And Gator had his name on that stuff. Wow. So he was constantly featured in Thrasher magazine. I mean, if you were into skating or even surfing at that time, you knew who, who Gator was. Yeah. Definitely. In 1986, um, Gator, he's skating at Mount Trashmore in Virginia Beach. <laughs> Mount Trashmore? For real? Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, I, I, I at first I thought it was just like this event okay. that was called that, but um, it's actually a city park that opened um, like in let me see. Well, like I said, in Virginia Beach, so it's an example of landfill reuse. Its creation oh. consisted of the conversion of an abandoned landfill that was turned into a park. That is so funny that they called it trash. So ma- <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> make that sense, park, I guess. <laughs> it was um it had a skate park in it and there was, you know, lots of pro skaters that would go and skate there. Um Tony Hawk was one of them. Uh, anyway, Gator, he's skating at this event and you know, it's really packed and there was all of these kids there there to see Gator, there to see all the other pro skaters. And the kids in the crowd, there's, um, gosh, what is the name of it? There is a documentary. Let me see. Okay, so it's called Stoked, mm-hmm. The Rise and Fall of Gator. Yeah. And yeah. you can see footage of this, and it's just everyone's going crazy. Um, And the cops told the skaters, like, don't throw stickers or shirts or anything into the crowd because it's just going to make them go that much more crazier. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Gator, the yeah. rest of them, they weren't listening. They were throwing all the stuff. I was going to say, okay, like they're not. Yeah, they're going to keep throwing shit. Yeah. <laughs> Riling up the crowd. So there's a moment where Mark leaves for a bit. And I don't know, maybe it was to go to his hotel room. Not sure what it was. But when he tries to go back to enter the park, the security guards stop him. And he tells them, hey, I'm one of the pro skaters. This is, you know, I'm here yeah. to skate. And the security guard didn't believe him. And he wouldn't let him in. So Gator just runs past him. He ends up getting tackled down by who he thinks is a security guard, but it's actually a police officer. And Gator ends up punching the police officer in the face and he gets arrested. Oh, my God. But what a stupid ass security guard. Like, don't they have, you know, they should have had like an ID. Press passes. Or like, yeah, like a, a specific or pass. Or press, but yeah. Yeah, but like there, he's literally there to compete for this event. And, like, he didn't even ask for any type of ID or, like, you know, at least ask someone else to recognize him. And maybe he did, but Gator, he was, you know, um, as I get more into it, but he's drinking a lot and 
She's kind of like oh. a wild boy. Yeah. So maybe he left that at the hotel room or who knows, right? Oh, okay. I see. Um, so when the crowd of kids sees this, because they see Gator punching him, um, they go nuts because they're there to see Gator. So the kids start screaming at the officers. They're picking up rocks. They're throwing oh, it at the cops, at the cop cars. Oh, and, um, you know, it was just, he ends up, like I said, he ends up getting arrested. And he was a bad boy. He loved that. That was actually the image that he wanted to give off. Yeah, like being he like a bad a boy, lot. a rebel. Mm -hmm. He drank a lot. He did drugs. Uh, he had a plethora of ladies, you know? I was going to say, I remember when I um, I did watch a bit of Stoked. Uh, not the whole thing, but I uh -huh. did watch a little bit of the documentary. And he was a pretty good looking guy. Very, very handsome. Yeah, he was pretty handsome. And like his, I mean, I don't really like super cocky, but like some guys where they're just like super like, you know, confident and stuff like that. And he, he knew he was the shit. Oh, he and did. So that attracted a lot of people for sure. So he's this young, good-looking pro skater with a bunch of other popular skater friends. He's making good money, and there was a lot of girls who liked him. And um, and he thrived off of that popularity. Like, he loved that popularity. And after that Mount Trashmore incident, Thrasher magazine featured a picture of Gator being thrown into the back of a cop car after punching the police officer. And that feature actually made Gator all the more popular in the whole skating scene. I was going to say, he's going to love that. <laughs> yeah, for sure he did. And in that documentary, there's a video of Gator in 1987. And it's a video interview. And I'm going to read to you what he was quoted as saying. Well, I think I need to be interviewed. Not only because I'm one of the most elite and dynamic, talented, big-headed, and versatile. Versatile? How do you say? I don't know words. I I say versatile, but some people do pronounce it versatile. I okay, I versatile skaters on the circuit, but also because I'm one of the most blatant and outspoken jerks in the industry. <laughs> it's really easy to say what you want and get away with it when you work for a company like Vision. There's no problems. You can always have a bad write-up in the local gossip column like Thrasher or Transworld and receive some kind of promotion and exposure from it. I love getting arrested. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, at least he's owning up to it. He knows that, like, what he's doing is, you know, kind of, like, risky, bad boy behavior. But like he said, he's like, well, this is, like, part of it. And he's getting all this attention, more publicity. Yeah, which probably I think a lot of um, celebrities probably do stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They love that attention. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I seen that, I couldn't tell if he was like serious or if he was being sarcastic, but I think he was being serious. Yeah, um, I'm sure he was serious. <laughs> and when I was watching him talk and, you know, he skates a lot with his shirt off and, you know, <laughs> I can see why he had all of these fangirls because I like mean, you mentioned, he was very good looking. Yeah, he was very fit for sure. Now, Gator and a bunch of other skaters, they were invited by Thrasher magazine to travel all over Europe. There wasn't any skating competition, but it was just to go skate and take pictures and videos of them skating all around Europe. Look. So they went to Paris, Spain, Italy, and the south of France, and they ended up um, at the very end of it in Amsterdam. 
Now, kids would freak out when they would see them, you know, show up into their town. Um, and so Gator was just living the dream. He would skate naked. He would run around hotels naked. Right. Uh, he would run into these like liquor stores and 7-Elevens naked. What and hell? he would steal beer even though he had money for it. But just oh like gosh. run out, like do um, beer runs butt that ass is- naked and hide away. And he would get excited because he would get away with it. My God. Or get arrested, which you get excited about too. <laughs> exactly. He loves getting arrested. Jesus. So everyone in this documentary, um, they said he was a lot of fun to hang out with. Yes. Now, Sounds in- like it, but a little yeah. too crazy. <laughs> yeah, a little too wild. Um, in that documentary, one of his friends who was also a skater, gosh, I didn't write down his name, but they said he said they were on a plane and um, Gator was wearing these tight spandex. And <laughs> Gator stood up with a full ass boner like a total hard on and he grabbed it in these spandex and he showed everyone on the plane his boner and he just said to everyone travel boner (gasps) what the (laughs) oh my god this guy is crazy yeah oh my gosh ridiculous so gator and skating in general grew in proper popularity in the 1980s and god i can't talk today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the eighters and nighters right <laughs> and so tony hawk was talking in that documentary and he was right. saying how they had these groupies yeah. and tony hawk said that um they were the ones that were used to never getting the girls in high school but then suddenly skating becomes really popular and when they became pro all of a sudden all of the girls wanted them yeah so Gator's first real girlfriend was a girl named Brittany. And she was this really pretty girl with a cute pixie haircut. And she's featured in that documentary. And she talks about how she's known Gator since high school. And she always remembered he had a cute little butt. <laughs> and she was this punk rock type of girl. And everyone said she was just genuinely sweet and you can tell that she genuinely loved gator because she just loved him not because he was famous or had money but she just genuinely loved him all right and in that documentary she's dancing around to um flock of seagulls and it's just she's so freaking cute um but for whatever reason they break up and then his next girlfriend is brandy Mm -hmm. now brandy she was completely opposite um, she loved getting spoiled with gifts, and she loved his fame, and she loves the attention that they got. Now, Brandy and Gator, they met when she was only 15 years old. So and she was 15, and Gator was 19. Oh, uh, So it's not technically legal, right? No, it's not, but it's, it's weird. She's yeah. So her friend Jessica had told her about a big skate competition that was taking place where they lived in Phoenix, Arizona. And Brittany and, uh, or Brandy and Jessica go to it and Brandy said it was love at first sight. She was still living at home because, well, she's only 15 years old. (laughs) The kid. And they ended up having this long distance relationship. Gator would write her letters. They would talk on the phone all of the time. And this went on for a couple of years, um, where also I should mention Gator, he would fly Brandy out to go see him in San Diego. 
my god which i don't know if i can do like if i had a 15 year old daughter it's gonna say like her parents were okay with it or did they even know i wonder they were okay with it it's really i don't give a damn who it was if they were rich and famous i just don't think i would feel comfortable letting my 15 16 year old daughter go and you know fly out to see her 19 at that time what 20 year old boyfriend yeah that's freaking weird Mm -hmm. eventually when brandy is 17 years old um gator asks her if she would like to leave phoenix and move to san diego to be with him now, at that time, he was living in Fallbrook, and um, it was this huge house that had all of these citrus trees, avocado groves, um, and Tony Hawk actually lived right next to him. And Brandy says yes. Well, she asked her parents' permission first, and she says yes. She moves in with him, and um, they're super happy. Like, you know, they're living this life where... Um, they're going out to the bars all of the time. They're not IDing her. I need a. I need to wonder what the hell the parents were thinking because it's like. I know. I mean, I guess I don't know. I still think that's really weird and inappropriate to have your daughter, sixteen, fifteen year old daughter, fly out to see someone over age like that. But also, like, then to let him move in with this guy. That's I know. I don't know. Like, were they just didn't give a shit about her or what? Because there's an article that I read um, where I don't even think she ended up finishing her senior year in high school. Yeah. Um, which, gosh, you're just so close. You're almost there. I would have at know. least, you know, forced my daughter and said, I hey. Been, like, yeah, I've been like, hey, finish school and then like, go, and then go do whatever the hell you want. But uh-huh. finish, I get your GED. Like, that's it. Uh-huh. High school diploma. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I, I don't think it's appropriate either. So they were out partying at the the bars in the neighborhood, getting wasted. Um, She admitted on video that they were doing a lot of coke. And she was really, really pretty. And so they would appear in these magazines together. They were even on MTV together. They were also in Tom Petty's free-falling video music together. What? Yeah. Um, Because she was very beautiful. So she, you know, got attention from being mark gator Rogalski's girlfriend and yeah. so she started getting these modeling jobs are in that video uh-huh. and i want to like rewatch it uh-huh. and um so they were traveling all over the world they were just having the best life and brandy was super spoiled like by gator he bought her anything that she wanted um he even bought her a car um probably not so smart on his end to spend so extravagantly but you know, he's young and he grew up not really having money. Sure. And I know when I was young and I was able to get my first credit cards, I was foolish and I thought it was basically <laughs> almost free money and I was spending like crazy and got myself yeah. in debt. Thankfully got out, you know, yeah. years later, but I yeah, can understand that, you know. Of course, like you're young and especially Gators getting so much money. And if, you know, he was head over heels about this girl, he's going to give her anything that she wants. Mm-hmm. Now, Gator, he had an anger problem, and he admitted to having this anger problem. Um, Everyone who knew Gator knew that he would fly off the handle really easy. And so Gator and Brandy, they would get into these wild arguments, you know, very often, but then they would make up and be all in love all over again. Sounds toxic. Very. (laughs) Eventually, Gator changes his name from Mark Gator Rogowski to Mark Anthony 
what? Mark yeah, Anthony. I didn't understand that. That's so weird. Um, I guess he wanted to start doing like acting. <laughs> My God, but he took like the singer's name. Yeah. Mark Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Now the other pro skaters, they were like, man, Mark Anthony, hell no. We know you as Gator. So they yeah. still called him Gator, which I would do the same too. Me too. I'd be like, you ain't no Mark Anthony. Right. I mean, just like Bubba, like. He wants everyone to call him Bobby now, and I can't. Like, it's Bubba. That's true. I can't And honestly, forgetting. it's hard for me for Bob. Like, I know he goes by Adrian now, yeah. but I knew him as Bob, and so that's... Well, yeah, I mean, calling him that for over a decade, it's hard to switch over. <laughs> yeah, that's like me saying, all of a sudden, I don't want to be called Renette. I always like yeah. the name... I did like the name Penny, and that's why I named my dog Penny, and so oh. it's like me saying, call me Penny now. <laughs> what would Penny be called? I don't know. <laughs> well, I have a tenant, Peter, and he named his dog Petey. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that all of, like, at least the way it seemed in that documentary, that all of his fellow skater buddies and even, like, his fans thought it was just all a front and they thought he was selling out by going to Mark Anthony. This guy that they knew who was a bad boy and punching cops in the face, running around naked, was now having his merchandise look different. His name was different. And when he was on film, he even started to kind of act different. Was he like, do you know if like he was actually still skating though? Like He was still skating, oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so he was sent to Australia for work and there was this little kid. I think he was around 12 years old. And he was a huge fan of Gator. Um, he goes to approach Gator to ask for an autograph, and Gator punches this kid. <gasps> what a the fucking fuck? little kid! I think he was twelve. Couldn't have been older than fourteen. Oh my God! Just punches him. I mean, he's out of control. Um, Is he on like drugs and stuff? He's on drugs. He's an alcoholic. He's arrogant. You know. Jesus Christ! Can you imagine? kid like you're meeting your hero and like you get punched in the face and i imagine you know he had to have been there with his parents like what did the yeah, parents do i know like jesus and like i know that gator was a fit guy and oh, yeah. if he was fueled by drugs and alcohol i can't imagine how hard he hit this kid this poor kid could have freaking died from this punch to the face and there was a story that i seen on that documentary where um, it, it was one of the incidents where Gator was acting out of control, but they said it took so many people, um, uh, police officers to hold him down. It yeah. was almost as if he was on PCP because yeah. he, he was just so strong. Crazy. But, uh, anyways, the, the other, the crowd that was there, they seen the whole incident and the media gets a hold of it. And Gator thankfully just gets trashed for it as he should. Yeah. What the hell? And at that time is also when vertical skating, which is what he did, it's not as popular anymore because it gets replaced with freestyle skating. Mm -hmm. And Gator, he tried to do, you know, the whole freestyle skating, but he was not successful in making that transition. And with that bad publicity he got for, I mean, this is not like he was punching a cop in the face. He was punching a 12-year-old little kid fan. little boy, not like defending himself from being tackled or arrested, you know, when he uh -huh. had the right to be there. But a fan in a, like, that's so ridiculous. Like, wow, he's just going way too far. 
He is. And that's when his fame, it just started to fade away. And, you know, that wasn't easy for him because he was addicted to that fame. Yeah. So Gator, he ends up selling and moving out of his Fallbrook home. Um, his girlfriend, Brandy, said that she was just feeling lonely because, you know, Fallbrook is pretty isolated, I guess. And yeah. for someone who's young and who likes to go out and drink and party, it's probably not the best place to live. No, definitely not. So they end up moving to Carlsbad. And at that time, you know, Gator, someone who already had an anger problem, he's getting even more angry because he's not as popular anymore. Um, people are angry with him for what he did to that little kid in Australia. And so he starts working out a lot, which you would think, hey, that's a good thing. I know for me, I work out so much because that's therapy for me. Yeah. But anyway, Gator gets a personal trainer, and one day the trainer, I guess he would like meal prep for him. But anyway, the trainer didn't have fresh broccoli for him, so Gator threw a huge tantrum and just went off on his trainer for not what having fresh fuck? broccoli. Oh my god, I wonder, like, I mean, I'm guessing he's still on drugs at this point, right? Yes. I mean, all this crazy um, anger that just comes out of nowhere, that's not normal. No. And like, he... He had, well, I know later he gets diagnosed as uh, bipolar, like uh, and manic depressive, I think it was. God, and mixing with all this alcohol and stuff is not helping at all. No. So he's just being a dick to everyone. And, you know, now it's said that Gator had all of these anger issues because, you know, because he came from a broken family and his dad wasn't a part of his life. But come on, that's, that's bullshit. No. That yeah. Use that as a reason to make your life even better and do better, right? Yeah, That's and what don't you should punch do. little kids in the face. like Right. Yeah. So it's summer of 1990, and the entire Vision team, they were in Germany for an event. And Gator got so drunk, and he ends up separating from the rest of the group, and nobody could find him. But eventually like everyone's back in their hotel rooms and someone from the group they looked out of the hotel window and they seen gator climb up a crane and when he gets to the top of the crane he just nose dives down what like yeah like they don't know if he was trying to commit suicide or what it was but he swan dives down from the building and he landed on a fence what uh, how how tall was the building or like how tall was the crane do you know Gosh, I'm not sure, Holy but it crap. was pretty. It was high up there. Um, he landed on a fence. He oh he landed on a fence. For a moment, I thought you were gonna say like he landed in water or something. But what the hell? He's like my next trick. <laughs> because can you imagine? Even if it's three stories high up, if you're swan yeah. diving down and landing on a fence, that shit's gotta fuck you up, right? Yeah. What the hell? Did he get Did he get any broken bones or anything? Um. Not sure if he got broken bones, but he did get a uh, receive a head injury. He gets taken to the hospital, and when he's there, he's still drunk. You would think that would sober him up, but he's still drunk and on whatever drugs he was on. And um, he's just acting a fool in there. He's angry. He's lashing out at everyone. Um, but the next morning, when he starts to sober up, um, he has no idea of what happened. He was completely he, blacked out. Completely. He's asking like, everyone, how did I get here? What happened? This is sad that like no one's trying to 
commit him somewhere to get help or like you know wonder like what's going on with him why is he acting so crazy like he needs to talk to a therapist or get clean and stuff and it's like he could have just died yeah like he doesn't even remember what he did well eventually like i'll get it into it later but Uh he does um he does want to start therapy but he was told that it's not really necessary oh no great yeah so when that happened um gator started to realize that you know something's got to change he can't be doing this anymore and he he really wanted to change so gator admitted to having an alcohol and a drug problem and he said that these local um carlsbad christians they would walk around the boardwalk by his house and they would preach about jesus to people and gator was one of the folks that would actually like listen to them um, and there was a man named Augie Constantino. He was a skateboarder slash former pro surfer who lived a few blocks away from Gator and Brandy. And apparently he had this similar story of getting like a head injury, um, being addicted to drugs and an alcoholic. He somehow injured himself when he was in Hawaii, but that's when he had this like aha moment that something's got to change. A revelation. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said God spoke to him. And, you know, he changed his life and became a follower of of Christ. And so Augie was telling his story to Gator and Gator was receptive because he knew that his life was missing meaning. Um, He would read the Bible. He would do Bible studies. He started praying a lot. But he said he was still frustrated because he was trying to keep the Gator image, but he was also trying to win souls for Christ. Okay. So... His girlfriend and friends all thought it was just some sort of gimmick. Oh, it's just him. You know, he's changing something again. You know, Mark Anthony. And then now, you know, he's a follower of Christ. So he was trying to get Brandy to convert to Christianity, but she was not ready for that. Yeah. Um, They were used. She said they used to have sex five times a day. What the? (laughs) Who has the? Time. Well, they were really young, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Five times the a day, energy? Arena. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever? <laughs> What's your most? Wait, I'm thinking. Max a day. When I was younger, no. <laughs> younger, younger, like their age, early twenties. Mm-hmm. Probably three times was my max. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You? Yeah, I think three. Which is like once. I have once. That was it. Yeah. Like it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. That's crazy. No. That's just, and they did this for years. Oh my God. Okay. Well, well also around. too, she, Brandy <laughs> was saying that they would, you know, go to these bars, get really drunk, come back home, go in the jacuzzi, do a lot of cocaine, and then yeah. go and, you know, yeah. have sex all night. So, They were used to having sex all the time, but eventually he told her that he didn't want to have sex with her anymore because it was a sin because they weren't married. Oh my God. He's just doing a whole 180. Total 180. No wonder. I was going to say earlier, like, oh, that sucks that they're not taking him seriously, but this is like extreme. He like goes from extreme to extreme. It's not, there's no like in between with this guy. No. That's kind of scary. Yeah. That bipolar too, or obviously affects him too. Yeah. 
So he said, well, let's get married. But she didn't want to get married. And he told Brandy, well, maybe we're not looking for the same thing and we don't have the same end goal. So they both like broke up. It wasn't just her leaving him, him leaving her. They both like agreed to break up. And when that happened, Brandy moved out of Gator's uh, home in Carlsbad and she moved in with her mom and stepdad who had recently moved to San Diego. Okay. Now, not long after they broke up, Brandy got into a relationship with this really handsome surfer guy. And that really hurt Gator. um, And it made him really angry. Even though they agreed to break up, he was just really angry about it. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, um, he eventually, he starts stalking Brandy. Oh, no. He would call her and her new boyfriend and he would just talk shit to them. He would harass them and say he was going to kick her boyfriend's ass. Not very Jesus-y, Christy of you. No, it's not very Christian. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? So he broke into Brandy's parents' house and he took back everything that he bought from her. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) so petty. This is the pettiest thing I've ever heard. He even, like, took the car that he had bought for her. (laughs) Okay, sorry. That's kind of funny. (laughs) Honestly, I kind of, like, it is petty as far as the, (laughs) like, I would take the car back and be like, I would want to take that back probably. But the other, like, I'm assuming it was probably handbags, jewelry. Jewelry and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So he would leave these threatening messages for her. And one of the last messages that he left for Brandy um actually i'm sorry it wasn't a message he asked her if they could meet up and they went on a car ride somewhere and as they're driving he told her you know maybe i should kidnap you and commit every sex act possible on you and dump your naked body (gasps) in the desert what the fuck now obviously she freaked out because he was already Actually, it was probably not a good idea for her to get in a car with him after he was yeah, stalking her, making these threats. But she did it. We're young. We're foolish sometimes. Yeah, but, but like, even if he was like, quote unquote, joking, that is not something to joke about. Like, if he was trying no. to be like, you know, sarcastic or something. It freaked her out when he told her that. And yeah. she begged for him, like, please take me back home. And she told him, you know, my mom and stepdad know where I'm at. They know I'm with you. If something yeah. happens to me, they know that I was last with you, so he took her back home. Oh, okay. Now, remember how Brandy met Gator back in Arizona when she was with her friend Jessica? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Brandy and Jessica, they were really close friends in high school, but eventually at some point they stopped contact with each other. Um, And, you know, it's not like now, like it's not like back then in the 80s, they didn't have social media where even if you might not be friends with someone anymore, you can still kind of creep in and see what they're up to. Well, March 20th, 1991, Jessica calls Gator. I'm not sure why she didn't try to get a hold of um, Brandy, Brandy. but, but for whatever reason, she calls him, tells him about her move. She's moving to San Diego And she asked Gator to show him, um, she asked Gator if he can show her around San Diego because that's where she wanted to move to. This is so, that's weird. This is weird. It is. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's just weird. That's like reaching out to your friends, like boyfriend and 
or ex or ex boyfriend and saying like, "Hey, can you take me around?" And it's not like they were all close friends. You no. said that they hadn't even spoken to each other for like no years. for years. That's really weird. Unless like the only number she had or that was a current Listed. number was like his number. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, possibly. So he agrees and he takes her around San Diego. They have lunch at an Italian restaurant in La Jolla. And he shows her all of the cool spots and, you know, San Diego. They end up stopping by a store and they buy a couple bottles of wine, which, you know, I don't know why he bought the wine because at that point he wasn't drinking. Yeah. Okay. But um, they end up back at Gator's house and they start drinking the wine and they both get drunk. Now, Gator, he steps out of his house at some point during that night. Um, Not sure for what. But when he walks back in, that was around 2.30 or 3 a.m., he sees Jessica putting on her shoes and she's getting ready, you know, to leave. And when she got up, she was looking at a picture, like a framed picture that was on his mantle. And it was this picture of him skydiving. It was actually his favorite picture of him ever. And all of a sudden, all of this rage and anger crept up and Gator just snapped. He picked up a club um, do you remember those? They were like what you put on a steering wheel, like a steering wheel lock. Oh, like so a lock? No can... Yeah, like the metal ones. Yes. So he took the club and he struck her on the head. What the hell? It. Just for no reason? Just because no she was reason. leaving? Maybe because he didn't want her to leave. And, but, um, he just Probably so. Okay. Probably so. He struck her on the head, knocks her down. Um, she's not. She's conscious, but kind of like barely there yeah. and then he strucks her again on the face and one more time somewhere else on her body I don't remember Jesus. um so she scree- starts like screaming and he takes her upstairs to his bedroom and like trigger warning I know this is all you know he he proceeds to rape her for the next few hours oh my god She's alive, but she's just, like unconscious. Well, she's conscious, oh, but like God, not fully conscious. Like yeah. she's not completely unconscious. Well, yeah, she's got struck in the head like three times, right? Yeah, uh, in the head once, oh. and then t- two more times once, once in the face, and the other in another pa- part of her oh. body. Um, but sh- during this time, like this is going on for hours. It said anywhere he said from two to three hours he's raping her in every possible way that you can think i'm not going to get graphic but he just any way that you can think of he was doing that basically to her. what he was threatening brandy with doing right. her right holy shit she was begging for him to stop and while she was regaining more consciousness she started to get a little bit louder and so gator really worried that neighbors might hear you know what's going on so he grabs a surfing bag and he puts her inside the surfing bag. My and that's God. when he strangles her to death. <sighs> My gosh. Shit. Gator then drives out to the desert off of Interstate 8 near Ocotillo. And he buries her in a shallow grave. As he's driving back home, he threw out like her blood-stained clothes. He's tossing that out of the window. He's tossing um, his sheets that had her blood on it. And uh, he even threw out uh, the weapon he used, which was the club. Mm-hmm. Threw all of that out of the window, 
mind you, it's you know, it's a remote desert area. Yeah, desert, 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 <laughs> <laughs> desert area. Um, oh, I want some dessert. <laughs> I know I had brownies right now. I have cookies. <laughs> Um, he rented a carpet cleaner, like on his way back home, um, to get rid of every drop of blood what? that was on his carpet. What did he? What, what did he say? Oh, fruit punch. Sorry, this is some Kool Aid. Can you guys help me uh, take this out of the carpet? I would have been like, I'm calling the police. No, no, he rented a carpet cleaner. Oh, he rented. Oh, I thought you meant like, like a blood doctor or something. Oh, so he did it himself. Okay, uh-huh. I was like, the workers probably like the hell. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> Yeah. So he got rid of any evidence that can show that a crime took place in his home. Now, eventually, Jessica's parents haven't heard from her, so they report her missing. Now, her parents didn't know that she went to hang out with Gator. Um, and actually, a couple of weeks after he murdered Jessica, the police went to his place to question him about her disappearance. Yeah. Uh, because... I read somewhere that uh, somebody that was like local to Carlsbad um, said that they last seen Jessica with Gator. So, you know, they went to go interview. I was about to say, like, it seemed like no one actually knew where that she was with him because not even Brandy. Uh No. Knew. Okay. But, you know, when they went to go interview him, there was no evidence to be found. So, you know. It's been weeks by now. Right. It was weeks. Now, Jessica's dad, she came from a well-to-do family. Um, Her dad was an attorney. And he flew down to San Diego because this is his baby girl. And he plastered posters all over San Diego with a photo of his beautiful daughter that read missing person. And there was like uh, a description of her height, weight, you know, eye color, all that stuff. And a phone number for the San Diego Police Department. So if you were in Carlsbad... You know, you definitely would see these posters hanging around. Yeah. Now, a few weeks later, on April 10th, Jessica's body was found by some campers. But she was so badly decomposed that they could not identify her, her, so she was a Jane Doe. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. And, you know... Oh, what? sorry, real quick. Uh-huh. Is it, do you, what part of the, what time of the year was this? Was this summertime, wintertime? April. April, okay. So not so super still cold, cool. but not like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's still warm enough to, you know, if it's out there for yeah. weeks. And in that plastic And then the elements, back. you have to think about, like exactly. there's coyotes in the desert, God knows what else, you know? Yeah, because she was in the bag though, right? That, a surfer bag that's like, what, plasticky? Or is it like cloth, I wonder? I don't know, but... Okay. But still, coyotes could have, like, gnawed yeah, at it, you yeah, know? Yeah, ripped that open and stuff. Oh, my gosh, that's so sad. And mind you, there's these posters all around town. And yeah. Gators, Gators going to stores, walking around the boardwalk, and he's seeing these say, posters. I was just going to say, like, he must have been freaking out seeing uh-huh. that, oh, now they're, like, looking for her for real, for real. Yeah. Well, eventually, two months go by after they find her body without any leads. Now, look, this is wild, Arena. Gator, he was tormented with what he had done. So he went to the police and he had confessed to what he had done. He confessed? He confessed. Wow. So he had this, like, sort of spiritual advisor, um, that guy, Augie. Yeah. 
Remember that? Yeah. Um, so he, one day, he was at 7-Eleven, walking into 7-Eleven with Augie, and he seen the poster, and he just started crying and confessed to him and told him what he had done. Oh and Augie advised him and told him that, you know, he should go to the police, that he doesn't need an attorney, like God is his attorney, and this, this, that. I mean, um, I'm glad that guy told him that and he actually listened to him because uh, it's already two months going by and she wasn't even identified. That's sad. Yeah, it is. And thank God he went to the police because, you know, um, I mean, probably with time eventually, right, they would, he would be tied to her murder. But what if, like, he could have yeah. possibly gotten away with it. Yeah, if they um, never find, like... It, yeah, like, and his DNA wasn't anywhere near her. Like, no, no one knew that she contacted him. Like, no, no, none of his friends or her friends or family. So that could have, it could have totally been an unsolved case for years. And, you know, there was, you know, even though he raped her for hours, I mean, she was so badly decomposed, so they couldn't have found semen or anything. Nothing, in her, yeah, know? nothing would have been found on her. No. So he told the police everything that he did. He even took them to the place where he dumped her body at. And he said he killed Jessica to get, like, out of this misplaced sense of revenge against Brandy. My God. Because he said Jessica was the mold that Brandy was made out of. What? He said everything he hated about Brandy, he hated about Jessica. Wow. That is ridiculous. So Gator, you know, he pleads guilty to first-degree murder and rape. And since he did that, he was able to avoid the death penalty and life in prison. In early 1992, during his plea hearing, he stood in front of the court and he read a letter that he wrote to Jessica's family. Um, apparently, it was like four pages long and he apologized and he did take full responsibility for his actions. Um and on March 6, 1992, he was sentenced to 31 years to life, um, six years for the rape and 25 years to life for the murder charge. Mm -hmm. At the sentencing, he once again apologized to Jessica's family. Um, and Gator was up for parole in 2001, but he was denied. Uh, he was up again in 2016. He was denied again. Now, in December 2019, the parole board granted Gator parole. But months later, which was April 2020, Governor Newsom, he reversed the parole's board decision. Oh, shit. Thank <laughs> goodness. He forced wow. Gator to start the process all over again. <gasps> then in June of 2022, Gator was granted parole with parole stating that he was a low-risk danger to the public. Oh my but God. Jessica's family was devastated and yeah. said Jessica deserves the continued promise of justice in this case. Yeah. And on November 4th of 2022, Governor Newsom again <laughs> you know, denied Gator's pro parole. Newsom was just like, no, you're staying in jail. Right. Thank God. Right. We crap. So Gator is currently housed at Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in Otay Mesa. Oh my gosh, really? So he's so close by. I have a friend, Erica, that works there. I should ask her if she's ever, you know, seen him. Oh my God, wait. So that's not an actual 
jail. You said housing, so it's like a like a facility, like a no, no. It's a it's a uh, prison. It's a oh, okay, okay. But okay. like you know, he's that's where he's at or whatever. Oh, how old is he now? I think he's fifty five or so, somewhere around there. I wonder what he looks like. Uh, I looked him up. Um, he did not age very well. Um, <laughs> Because when he, honestly, his face almost doesn't look the same. It's weird. Like, you know, I know, you know, I'm aging and everything, but it's like his face looks so different from when really? he was young to me, at least. Well, you know, we've talked about this a few times on here, how people's face, their faces change, like their eyes change over time. And especially oh, they once they commit a crime, like they just look like a completely different person. They look like a demon. Like they don't even look like themselves anymore. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's just, it's so foolish because I feel like Gator, okay, so his fame was starting to fade away because vertical skating wasn't really a thing. It was more street style skating, but like shit, he could have done something awesome. Like Tony Hawk, he got older and he couldn't do all that skating anymore. And he's still, he was smart, invested in businesses and, yeah. you know, product lines and all that stuff. He had all that money. He could have done so much with it and he, invested it in so many great things. Like, yeah, like you said, like Tony Hawk, it's just like, it's ridiculous how he had no real guidance, it seemed like. Right. And it, well, and then it also, like, it seems like when he did try to get his life together and change, make yeah. changes for the better, he didn't have anyone supporting him because yeah. everyone thought, oh, this is another one of his schemes. Like, you know, just, so it like, just they also didn't take I mean, him that seriously seemed like they didn't take him seriously when he was trying to change or probably ask for help, which, uh -huh. you know, that doesn't mean obviously that he, it's okay for what he did, but it does sound like if he really did get the help he needed, this probably could have all been prevented. Oh, and yes, now that I remember, um, so like how I had mentioned that he wanted to start getting therapy because mm -hmm. his dad not being present in his life, it just really affected him. And and I understand that, like, yeah, you know, I never had my, well, I had my dad, but thankfully I had, like, he had his older brother who was able to really help him with sports. Like, I yeah. have my uncle Junior, my Theo Junior has always been more like my dad, and he's amazing. Um, So I, I get, like, it really can hurt you and trouble you even, and no matter how old you are, in your adulthood yeah. and everything, but um. I don't know. It, it's not a freaking excuse. Like, no, yeah. he decided to take an innocent life and ruin and destroy his own and, like, yeah. her family's, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just, he destroyed a lot of people's lives, and that's no excuse. His actions definitely fucked everything up, and there's just. And he was trying to get that boy. therapy, actually. Uh -huh. So he was trying to get that therapy, um, and the Christian, like, community um told him that you don't need to go to therapy like the bible has all of your answers right there so just like fuck man like like yeah i mean don't get me wrong of course some people that's all they need is just some you know like a pastor or like some classes to try to guide them in a certain direction that's fine but he obviously had mental issues too and reading the bible like isn't gonna help you just get rid of that you need right to with a professional he needs sometimes medication to help you through this shit and he was already fucking up his brain with drugs and alcohol at a very young age yeah it's like it definitely way way more help 
And I'm sure that like head injury, like when he swan dived off the thing, probably fucked with his brain even more, you know? Real. That's like one of those signs that, well, like people that commit murders, right? One of the, I don't know what it's called, or characteristics or something is a head injury at a young age. Yeah. Insane. So, you know, what he did to Jessica and the way that he just was able to throw her away like trash to me, I feel like he's exactly where he deserves to be. Yeah. His offense was super violent and disgusting, and I don't think he should ever see the light of day. No, yeah. Governor Governor Newsom is going to make sure that. (laughs) Thank goodness. Like, I know a lot of people say new scum, but hey, thankful that he denied it. Because I guess he ended up getting, um, and Gator got like a bachelor's degree in prison and you know, he's involved in all these things. You know, um, he's said to be like a model inmate. And that's good for him, right? Like, yeah. um, but still, what he did was horrible. Yeah. You know, we can never bring Jessica back. So he shouldn't <sighs> be out. I don't think he should be let out. So, like, do you think he's sorry? Like, really sorry? I think he is. But I just, I mean... I can't even, I just don't understand how he just like snapped like that, you know? I know. Like this whole time I was like, cause I don't, I didn't remember, Ali did a little bit of research on this, but I didn't remember who the victim was. So this whole time I kept thinking like, oh shit, you know, Brandy's trying to leave him and they're going to get in some type of argument or he's going to kidnap her and do this and that to her. It wasn't even her. It right. was her friends that she hadn't seen in years and she wanted to just see the town and this guy just fucking took her life away just for no fucking reason. And I wonder if today, like now, or when this happened, if Brandy, and this is not Brandy's fault, but if she felt some sort of like guilt for what Survivor's happened to Jessica. Guilt. Yeah. I mean, I would fucking, that I, sounds I would awful. Too. Yeah. And like knowing that you guys hadn't even talked for in a long time and, you know, it's just awful. It's so sad. It is. It's. It was like an unnecessary thing that had to happen. He could have just let her go about her way. I think, though, what just like really angered her more um, is the fact, or angered him more, is the fact that uh, Brandy moved on with this really hot six foot one surfer dude straight away. I kind of wonder if she didn't move on with another guy and just had went back to her parents' house or with her mom and stepdad if he would have, I don't know, not went. And did what he did. Also, maybe the fact that um, Brandy was... Uh, not Brandy, sorry. Jessica, mm-hmm. right? Just, she Jessica. was leaving. Maybe like yeah. that triggered like the abandonment issues he had. And like the whole, you know, not having Brandy in his life anymore. And he probably felt really lonely. And obviously he had mental issues. So it's like he probably just snapped in that way. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to Jessica, and my heart goes out to her family and all of her friends. Yes, rest in peace. This is an awful case, but I'm glad that he's got put away and he's got to stay away. Yes. Guys, as long as Governor Newsom is (laughs) governor, right? Wait, is he the one that stepped down? Hold on. What is it? No, no, no. no. Nathan Fletcher. Fletcher. Fletcher did. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I know. But I read, hey, I'm not saying it's okay what he did. But, like, did you read the shared messages between him and that girl? I did. He said it was consensual, so I don't know. It did like, seem consensual, did, though. Yeah. She, why would she go to a hotel where he was at? I know. 
and it's like it's hard because you do want to believe the victim but at the same time you're like okay are you trying to just sabotage this shit though like he is a you know pop famous politician so Neither. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what anyways it is. <laughs> so awkward at the end I I feel- <laughs> <laughs> you're like okay bye <laughs> thank you everyone i know because it's like you do just talk about this awful crime and then you're like okay well (laughs) i know it's like you don't know really how to end it you don't want to sound insensitive i know we're not trying to be disrespectful or anything but but yeah well that was a great case thank you renette that was interesting and i really i was excited for you to do this one so yeah yeah. And, you know, I, we had mentioned on our Instagram that we're going to start, you know, expanding and doing outside of San Diego. Yeah. Um, I already have started kind of researching for my, the next case I'm going to talk about. It's oh, still in it- San Diego. Um, I think I'm really going to push as many San Diegos as I can before, yeah, you yeah. know, we expand. Um, but I've been looking into Los Angeles and man, LA has some wild shit that's went down over there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for all your support. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.